Hey there, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the UXR podcast. This episode is going to be dedicated to telling another story of a junior researcher and lessons learned from their experiences landing their first research gig. Today, we're going to be talking to Molly McCown. And one of the interesting things about her is that she started in a customer service role and transitioned into research within the same company that she worked at called Homebase. We're going to talk about what that experience was like, how customer service ended up being a great stepping stone for her, and recommendations that she has for you if you want to use something like customer service as a stepping stone for your research career. I hope you enjoy this episode. Don't forget to shoot us a like or a subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Alec Levin. I'm the host of the UXR podcast, and I'm thrilled to welcome you to another episode where we're going to talk to a researcher about their experience growing as a researcher, getting into research, all that fun stuff. And today, I am really excited to be joined by Molly McCown. Molly has a really interesting path into research that she is going to be sharing with us that we're lucky to hear about. And it starts with a role in customer support, which we're going to talk about. But before we get there, I'd love to know a bit about you, Molly, and uh, what Homebase is, which is where you work. So welcome to the show and tell us a bit about yourself. Awesome. Thanks, Alec. Um, I'm super excited to speak with you tonight. So um, I guess a little bit of context. So yes, I did definitely start out um, in this role with Homebase, um, and I did transition from CS to product. Prior to that, I um, I think I think my previous background is actually pretty important here, um, just because in my mid to late twenties, um, my career was in the hospitality industry. So I was in the bar and uh, restaurant industry, starting out as you know from waitress to bartender to um, assistant manager for a couple of years, um, and I think that's a key part, just because. Um, Homebase is a company that serves small businesses. Um, as of now, mostly restaurant, retail, sort of small business owners. Um, you know, the you know with those hourly employees. Um, and so, I think the transition was kind of um, it. It made sense. It was partly why I applied for my, the job at Homebase. Um, but that's just a little bit of my career back, background to give more context. Um, you know, I started out in in that. Um, the hospitality industry in Boston. So, um, you know, getting a, a really a, a really great eye into several different um, small businesses and how they operate and how they, you know, manage their teams and, you know, finding flaws along the way, finding ways that those things could be improved. Um, and so when I, when I moved to Houston and joined Homebase, those two uh, 
that that transition was was a really interesting one because then I was on kind of on the other side of the coin, you know, like before I was, um, you know, managing a team and then creating schedules and tracking their time and making sure people were showing up for shifts, <laughs> um, things of, like that. And then on the flip side, I started talking to people um, in the cu- uh, on the customer service side who were were in those same shoes, who were struggling with scheduling their employees, managing the team, um, understanding you know new tools that could help them improve their processes. Um, so I think that was that was definitely like the beginning of um, where this whole you know, transition started. So there's, there's a lot there. There's uh, the sort of pre uh, customer service role where you were running a restaurant and or basically running restaurants, doing a variety of roles there, um, which obviously is amazing uh, background for the role that you have at home base. Uh, my first hard hitting question is, do you miss the weather in Boston now that you live in Texas? <laughs> Awesome question. Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, you know, Houston gets a bad rap weather-wise. You think it's hot all the time. Um, it's not. So right now it's about, you know, I would say 40, 45 degrees in Houston. It's quite chilly and and uh, and good. But um, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> you miss that really like cold snow flurry, you know, on your face, that, that feeling of like, you're never going to get warm again, you know? Yeah. Do I miss that? You know, sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, that's really interesting. <laughs> we'll probably have to dig into that at a later time, but okay. So, so let's, let's jump back onto the, the career trajectory and journey that you're on. When, when you took this role, um, doing customer service, um, did you have any, sort of expectations for change? Did you have any kind of interest in something outside of that role or was it, or were you just unsure what to expect? And, uh, and, and if, if you didn't have any, if you did have expectations, did you have any, could you shed some light on what those were for where you could go from there? Yes. So I guess for starters, um, you know, when I, when I joined Homebase, p- part of the reason was, I was interested in the space that they were, you know, a part of. They were trying to cater to people who, um, you know, obviously I was very familiar with. So that was a big part of it. Um, I think going into that role, I was hoping for growth and not who knew. I, I, I was I was honestly at the time thinking of, you know, a CS manager type position, um, some other growth, cap- you know, possibility. I think as my time wore on, um, I became really involved with understanding the product, of course. Um, I, I understood the product backward and forward through through CS. Um, and then over over that period of time, I you know I was interacting honestly very lim- like in a very limited capacity, you know with with people on the product team. but I was I was in, really captured by the way they were talking about how they wanted to solve problems for people. Um, and and sort of the way they were framing um, how they wanted to solve those problems. And I think, you know, at the time, it was not intentional. I wasn't thinking I wanted to join product per se, but I knew that there was something there that I was interested in and I wanted to dig deeper. Um, so I just started, you know, I started talking to people in product and just asking them questions and and just letting them know about my conversations and and some things that I had heard from from our customer base. So I think that's really where 
um, where that began. It, it was not, um, it was not an intentional move per se, but I think over time I was realizing that I, I did have an increased interest in kind of digging deeper into what was going on with our customers. So did you, did you find that you were trying to find ways to proactively gather insights in that role? And was that because you could see the value that that could have to a lot of the decision makers on the product org? Was that kind of what got you excited about research in the first place? Um, so you are breaking up just a little bit, Alec. I do apologize. Yeah, um, I can... I'm having a hard time hearing you a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if it's on my end or not. So Yeah, um, it's okay. We can cut this out. We have about... audio. We have audio engineers who can who can help us with that. Um, yeah. The the question was, yeah. uh, uh, did you when you when you were talking to customers and learning interesting things? Were you find were you proactively trying to find ways to transmit insights to the product team because you knew how they could be would be something really helpful and something that they could make a lot of use with? Was that kind of how you found your interest and passion in research? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I do think it was partially that it was. I, I also just, in I really felt passionate about the customer's perspective. And so when I would kind of listen to them and hear their pains or frustrations, I really channeled that. So I, I really wanted people to know about it. Um, I felt like it was really important. So I, I do think that, you know, it was those two things for sure. Like I, I knew that you know, the information that I was relaying had to be told to, you know, more than just the CS team. Uh, I think that that was uh, how I was feeling at the time, where I, I really felt passionate about wanting to, you know, evoke some kind of change. Tell me a bit about this story that um, a friend of mine, uh, that, that I feel like really encapsulates this uh, mentality that you have. Uh, a story that a friend of mine mentioned to me, where a new VP of product was hired, and in your first conversation with uh, him or her, you you handed them something. Uh, what was that thing, and where did that come from? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I can definitely um, shed some light on that. So so our new VP of product um, was visiting us from San Francisco. She flew into Houston, and you know she was just kind of making the rounds at the time. The company was was smaller than it is now, and I, I knew who she was, of course, and she was she was really interested in just talking to CS because she also really wanted to understand our customer base. You know, she she in herself is a huge customer advocate and and really believes in in um, being close to the customer. So um, I knew this, and I, I went to her, and I I just I kind of you know I had some some things, some notes basically that I had taken from, you know, there were some feature requests that I had heard just over and over again, but there were other things were just like, they were kind of just like larger issues that I was hearing about our customers. And I just, I just told her like, Hey, these are some things that I know have been issues or that, you know, I really think that there's more, there's more here. Um, and so some of it was from like the team management perspective, the a little bit some from the HR perspective. Um, there were some big pain points in the small business world with hiring um, that I've been hearing over and over. And I just thought, you know, hey, I, I feel passionate about this, and I want you to know that this is this is something that's been um, 
we've been hearing a ton of. So that, that's so. Let, let's take let's take a, a step back. We'll we'll go back to a thirty thousand foot view. So uh, when you came into this this CS role. You had some really good domain expertise on who the customers were because you were that customer. You understood it well. And then when new people, especially new leaders, came into the organization, you were very well positioned to tell them the full story about who your customers are and what you need to know about them. In essence, it's kind of like Coles Notes for everything you need to know to build product for a set of users. Um, I definitely think that that is a stepping point for sure. I mean, <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's worked so far. I, I would say that, um, you know, as far as like, you know, giving any advice to anybody, it's just, you know, don't be afraid to speak up or reach out to people that maybe you don't talk to as often or that, you know, aren't in your realm. So, um, you know, if you're passionate about something, just speak up and don't be afraid because, you know, in, people do value input. So, Tell me a bit about that transition, though, from formally being in part of the CS organization to becoming a full-on researcher within what I assume is the product team. You know, what did that look like? How, how did you advocate for yourself to take on that kind of a role? Uh, who did you have to get on board? What were some of the challenges? Anything around that? Sure. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so starting out from CS, um, I think it was partly my background. Um, I, I started working on some, what you could call like, um, a little bit of a special project that was still within the CS realm. So it was a new product that Homebase was working on hiring. It's now open, you know, available to everybody. Um, and I, I remembered that, you know, as I was sort of phasing into this new project that, uh, you know, I was taking on new responsibilities, things of that nature. I was getting a little, I was talking to some people that I wasn't normally talking to in the CS world. So I was talking to some product people, some marketing people, some engineers um, because of that project. And um, once I once I had started um taking part in that project, I started having conversations with, with a, a couple of folks in the product team, and they sort of asked me more about my opinion. So they were asking me, you know, what do you think about this since you have experience on the hiring team? And it, it all came to a point where I kind of, uh, I realized I was taking on more responsibilities and I was gaining a new skill set. And um, I ended up reaching out to our CFO, um, I scheduled a meeting with him and I let him know that I was taking on essentially three different roles at that point. So I was doing CS, I was being part of this hiring team, and I was also doing um, some product team efforts in the research realm. At the time, I didn't really realize it was research, but it was. And um, I let him know, I was like, hey, you know, this is happening and I want you to know that I would would love a pay increase because of this. I'm taking on more responsibility. And I think that was part of that that transition was just speaking up. I'm, I'm fortunate that 
Like, honestly, the leaders at my company are so open. We have an open door policy and we can schedule meetings anytime. So um, I think that was definitely part of it was like one of those steps of, hey, I'm going to come in. I'm taking on these new roles. I deserve to be paid more. Um, And I think that was also something that kind of stuck out in people's minds. So that is incredibly gutsy and so awesome to hear. <laughs> I don't know if I would ever have the, the courage to do that, but that is awesome. And, and you know, where clearly you felt pretty strongly about this. Did you have any sort of concerns at the time about actually speaking up and, and expressing these points of view? Um, and how did you, did you overcome any of those concerns or hesitancies, if you will? Yeah, um, I, I will definitely say I was a little bit nervous. Um, I I knew that, you know, I, I have a relationship of, to some degree with our CFO. So I, I knew that, you know, I wasn't going to take necessarily heat for this. Um, but, um, I, you know, I think I was encouraged because I knew that other colleagues of mine had spoken to him, not about pay increases, but just, you know, at the time, we didn't really have an HR team, so it was sort of the upper upper management. They were acting as um, as sort of HR in a capacity. But I think I think um, you know it, it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say, Alec. Honestly, I mean, it's one of those things where it's almost like an out of body experience, right? <laughs> you say, "I'm doing this thing. I have the courage," and then maybe a month later, you say, "Wow, I can't believe I did that," right? <laughs> but um, <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> well, I mean, I there's, there's a couple really interesting things that have already kind of stood out from your own journey and your own experience, which is, you know, one of them is. The fact that you act, the fact that you went after a role where you had deep domain expertise meant that as you were gathering in input from the customer service side of things, you're probably really effectively able to contextualize that for other people. Because when somebody says, hey, this thing is not working for me, you understand the second and third order impacts of that. So you're able to provide a lot more insight. And then the second thing is the power of just speaking up and trying to um, to really make a case for something where, you know, a lot of the time, a lot of researchers might feel that our job is to wait until somebody asks us our opinion or to wait until somebody assigns us a project. But a lot of good can come from being proactive and just putting something out there that you think matters and makes sense. I agree. I agree. I, I will say that is something that, you know, I'm still in the early stages of, of this journey and um, I'm definitely learning that more and more over time. So just being proactive can go a hell of a long way. Yeah. One of the things that I thought was really interesting about that story where um, when this new leader, this new leader, product leader came on board and you sort of sat down and, and had this conversation um, or I presume sat down, maybe you're standing, but, uh, the fact that you probably were able to build a really strong relationship with that person right from the get-go. And that seems to be a theme that we're hearing in a lot of the stories that you're telling as well. Can you talk a bit about the importance of the relationships that you developed early on and continue to develop in terms of helping you pave this way for this transition into research? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I will say that I, 
I've definitely always been a people person. So um, as, as term, in terms of um, reaching out to people, kind of not having inhibitions about it, I, I will say that, you know, just starting out from, you know, starting out from the CS department, um, I, I was always wanting to be involved. So I like, me, I, you know, just meeting new people, being interested, um, I think can go a long way. So just in terms of, hey, you want to have a quick coffee for 15 minutes? You know, you just joined the company. There's a lot to, there's a lot to handle right now. Um, what, do, what do you want to talk about? What do you have questions about? Um, and I've, I've definitely found that those interpersonal relationships have taken me very far. Um, I, I would say no matter what position you're in, try to reach out to people because they, you, you just don't know what could come from that relationship both ways. Um, there's, there's always people, there are always people trying to help out along the way and not necessarily help, but maybe lend an ear or they could give you a quick snippet of advice that you weren't expecting or, or something that, that, that you just, you don't, you don't know what you could get from that relationship. Um, and I've definitely found, you know, especially, you know, new VPs coming on board, um, having a good relationship with CFOs, CEOs, those of course are important. Um, especially if someone's new to the company, you want to welcome them with open arms and make sure that they know you're on the same team um, and you're working together towards a common goal. That is something that I very much believe in and and I will I would say has benefited me. So I love that. So so as we think about condensing this what I'm sure was a really challenging experience at the time, but that has proven very fruitful for you. For other people out there who, you know, it's no secret that there is an absolute total lack of junior research positions, associate research positions, research internships, that kind of stuff. And a lot of people have to get really clever uh, in terms of finding their way into research if that's what they're really passionate about. And you've had this really interesting path that uh, has worked well for you. And that's super awesome for those folks out there that are looking at taking a role in customer support or maybe customer success and trying to use that as a stepping stone to get to a research role where they really want to be. Do you have any advice or, or any tips for them as they embark on that journey that, that you think could really help them get to success? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, so I think, I think looking back to my CS position, um, you know, I, like I said, I did not plan this move per se, you know, as it started, the ball started rolling, I could see it more in my mind's eye, um, being a reality. But um, in the beginning, I, I really didn't know where I was going with it. Um, what I can say is that being, being in CS, you can very easily get caught up. There's very high volume of customers trying to contact you. Um, there's a lot going on. People are constantly coming to you for questions or tech support advice or you, who knows what, right? Or maybe you're trying to sell the product and it's difficult trying to sell the product and then get insights out of people, you know. Um, but I would say go that extra mile because... Um, I think I think the the relationship between product and CS is something that has is is not been has not been brought to the forefront as much as it should have been. Um, I think that's something that first is a is a role in itself. So being sort of this CS product connection 
um, to really help a relationship grow there. Um, I really, I really think that, uh, you know, it, sharing, sharing company wide information, pointing out be, being repetitive. It sounds kind of hard and, and exhausting to do, but continue, you know, being repetitive and broadcasting your thoughts and your insights to the company. And don't be afraid to do it. People need to hear it, whether, you know, your company does really value customer insight or not, um, especially the ones that don't, right? You, you, need to be, you need to be the evangelist, right? So that's, I would say that's like the biggest part of a researcher that we, we, we can kind of forget is uh, the customer comes first, right? So how do we best help our customer? We make sure that everybody in our company knows what the customer needs. Um, and I think that's just a good starting point. So just just push, put yourself out there, broadcast your information, whatever you're hearing, record it. Say, these are the number of people that said this. This is how many times I've heard it. This is why we should be paying attention to it. Um, and, and just see where that takes you. I love that. I think that's great advice. One of the things that I, I feel like nat- researchers' natural experiences to our natural tendencies are to, you know, kind of sit back and wait for our turn and that kind of thing. But, you know, sort of grabbing life by the horns uh, and telling people how we think it should be, you know, it's definitely, I definitely agree that that's a great way to get people thinking more about the customer, but also thinking about how the insights that you can create both in a CS role and maybe in a future research role could have a massive impact for the entire organization. I love that. Um, Thank you so much for joining us, Molly. This was a really fun conversation, and I hope that you're going to be able to inspire many more uh, aspiring researchers to find this stepping stone in the CS department because it's a really good place to be where you can be close to the customer, be close to the product, and still be generating a lot of amazingly valuable information that you know people can come to rely on you for regularly, which, you know, sounds a lot like research to me. So thanks so much for joining (laughs) and uh, looking forward to talking again with you soon. Alec, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate your time tonight. 100%. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thanks to Molly McCown for joining us for this week's episode of the UXR podcast. If you haven't already, head over to uxrconference.com to check out our full lineup of speakers and talks for this year's UXR Conf Anywhere. It's 100% remote, it's super affordable, and we'd love to see you there. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at next episode of the UXR podcast.